today is a brand new day. And you have a choice to start transforming your life. Because when you commit to find the keys to unlock your true potential, you will unleash your superhuman powers. If you want to discover how to crush self-doubt, master productivity, bend time, accelerate your learning and more, you need to join us today because this is the Superhuman Playbook Podcast. Friends, welcome to the world of miracles. Hey there, superhumans. Welcome back to the Superhuman Playbook Podcast. Today's interview is with a superhuman that I work closely with. She is one of our five-star coaches and an author of a chapter of the Superhuman Playbook called Help, I'm Not a Native Speaker. Andrea is a medical doctor with a background in a wide variety of fields from neuroscience and pharmacology to yoga and coaching. Raised speaking one of the most complicated and unique languages on earth, Andrea developed strategies for tackling new subjects in any language. I'm really excited to bring this one to you guys because it's a pretty unique topic. A lot of people out there are talking about how to learn new languages, but this is all about how to learn in new languages. So whether you are an exchange student or just somebody in for a new learning challenge, uh, I think this one will really pique your interest and be useful for you. So without further ado, Andrea Zabo. Hey, Andrea, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Hi, Colleen. Thanks that I can be here. <laughs> well, I already gave you a glowing introduction, of course, but I always want to give our superhumans the opportunity to uh, share a little, bit about, a little bit about themselves. So can you tell us more about your story? I am a medical doctor but I have never worked as a physician. So I'm, uh, I was a researcher, I did my PhD, I studied the blood-brain barrier, so neuroscience. And, uh, and after I started to work at a multinational company, a pharmaceutical company, I'm a clinical team manager, I'm leading a big, a huge team and working on drug development. And uh, about you know, five years ago, I started the super learner course because I have some difficulties. I mean, reading the difficulties. I have never had problem with the learning, but, uh, but I was struggling with reading. And that's why I, I started it. And I am a mother. I have two adult kids, two girls. They are amazing. One of the reasons that, uh, that I wanted to be a coach, because uh, if you need to teach something, you learn it you learn it better. And yeah, I started it and I enjoy it. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. And I, I would love to hear more about in, in the beginning of your chapter, I've got I've had a little bit of sneak peek. So I've read through this a bit, but you share about your experience growing up in, in Hungary and how that changed the way that you learned. Can you share a little bit more about your background there? Yeah, so I am Hungarian and the Hungarian is speaks about 12 million people. And, and it's a unique language, uh, what means that does not belong to any language families. And it means that it was quite difficult, at least for me, to learn a second language. I studied Russia, you know, I had to study Russia behind the Iron Curtain. I, I studied French and English. And uh, yeah, the difficulty is uh, that, uh, you know, the word is, is more and more English. So everything is in English. 
and uh, and my first job for I, I had to had to work in English. At the beginning, it was it was very difficult because okay, I could understand, but um, in writing it was not so bad. But uh, I had to speak with people from from everywhere from the world, and uh, okay, from the UK it's fine. But for example, from South Africa, it, it was really challenging to understand what what they are talking about. But after twenty years, I think. I, I was able to overcome with the difficulties. I do not tell that I speak perfectly, but uh, but it's okay. So I I have never had problem uh, during my job. Awesome. So the, the premise for the book was to extract and share the number one skill, idea, strategy from each author. And the title of your chapter is called Help, I'm Not a Native Speaker. So why do you think the topic in your chapter is so important for those who want to become the best versions of themselves? Yeah, on the Facebook group, uh, we have received a lot of questions from students that does it make sense to start the course if, uh, if I am not a native speaker? And, and I would say yes, if someone is fluent in the language, I mean that uh, that can, so the vocabulary is about uh, 800, 900 words, it means that, uh, that he or she can understand about 95, 98% of the, of the text and of novels or the videos. So I would say yes. Might be it's more challenging uh, than for the native English speaker, but, uh, but it's definitely feasible. Need a little bit different st- strategy. And at the end, I think they learn more than the native English speaker because uh, their vocabulary will be increasing. And yeah, learning something extra uh, than the native speakers. Yeah, I'll give some context. I know some of our listeners out there probably aren't or are new to the super learner community. So the course that Andrea was, was mentioning is the super learner masterclass. Uh, we teach students accelerated learning, speed reading, memory techniques, um, that kind of thing. And when Andrea went through it, and I think this might still be the case, it was only in English. And that is one of the, the challenges we hear from students all the time is, you know, I want to learn faster, but English isn't my first language and the courses I want to take are in English, uh, including this one on how to learn faster. So what do I do? Is this an option for me? Um, and Andrea, obviously, you did it and you succeeded and, and now you're even coaching students. So that was, there's some context there. And in the Facebook group, I'll make sure to drop a link to that. If you want to join that community, it's a vibrant group sharing a lot about their own learning challenges and how to overcome them. So that's pretty cool. So just a tidbit there for our non-super learners in the audience. Uh, so Andrea, I did want to ask your experience has obviously shifted over time. You went through the struggles uh, learning in a second language, learning in English, learning in Russian, French, as you mentioned. But now you're kind of on the other side of it. Obviously, you're still still learning, still growing. But now you've had experience not only as a student, but as a coach. So I know there's probably some really cool insights there. So I'd love to hear what you think are the primary challenges facing non-native speakers when it comes to learning in general and how might they shift their thinking to make the learning process more fun and effective? I think the most important is to, to compare uh, the result with, with themselves and not, or, not, not compare the result with the others. 
And the reason is that, that really it's impossible to, to do the same way as the native English speaker, especially of the exercises, uh, in the exercises uh, where the vocabulary is really important. For example, the, the 20 random words or, or the speed reading itself. So the, for example, the reading tests are, are in English in the course. And it's uh, not so difficult to find a reading test and comprehension test in other languages. Might be in the, uh, in the country education system, maybe there is some, some test, but what we are using is, is mainly the English test. So it's sure that, um, that the not, not native English speaker are much slower. And the reason is not the speeding read skills, but, but mainly the vocabulary. So everyone is reading slower if, uh, if, if reading a text, what is uh, full with, uh, with new words. So Colin, if you need to read a medical text, I'm sure that, that, that you can read it much slower than a news or, or, or blogs or something, something like this. I really recommend for the students to start the speed reading in the native language because uh, it's too much for the brain to listen so many things. So to avoid subvocalization, to do the saccades, to understand the text, uh, it's, it's, it's just simply too much. If they practice in the native language and it goes well, they can shift to, the, uh, shift to English or, or any other uh, languages what, uh, what they are speaking. And, and celebrate all wins because it's quite uh, easy to be frustrated and, and give it up. I gave it up, I don't know how many times, at least three times when I realized that, okay, I need to do it in Hungarian and not in English, otherwise I will never learn the, the, the speed reading. And, uh, and the same with the, with the random words. So if you need to remember to 20 random words and you have no idea what three of them means, of course, you are much more slower than a, than a native English speaker. What I am uh, recommending for my students to ask the friend or family member to write 20 random words and, and try to memorize that. This is the, the most important advice for the non-native non speaker uh, students. Yeah, and you said a bunch of things there, so I don't want to miss out uh, on anything. I think uh, one, of the, one of the tidbits there that you gave uh, that I think gets a little more love in the chapter and I want to, want to talk about is this um, connection between learning in a new language and learning a completely new subject. When you're learning a new subject, there's going to be a lot of words that you don't know, even if you're a native speaker. So you mentioned like, if I were to read a medical textbook and I'm the farthest thing uh, from a medical professional, uh, even though I've learned all these meta-learning skills and uh, I, can, I can read it at an accelerated rate, I would read pretty slowly reading a medical textbook. That really gets into the associative nature of memory, which is another thing we, we talk about in the course and we teach our students, but the more connections you can make to an idea, the easier it is to remember. And so if you hear a word that is pretty much just a collection of sounds and it's a nonsense word and you don't know what it means and you have no familiarity with it and you have no connections to it at all, it is a lot harder to incorporate that into the knowledge that you already have. And so 
if I'm reading a medical textbook, it might as well be in Hungarian for me because uh, all those words are foreign to me and I don't have those connections that, that are built in. So um, for those super learners out there, when it comes to, to making markers and things like that, it, it does get a lot harder. So I think it's great that you said, you know, compare it to, to yourself and in your own context, don't, don't compare to others because if you are learning in a second language and if, if, especially if you're trying to learn these meta learning skills in a second language, you're already starting off from a completely different spot than other people. I mean, if you, <laughs> she mentioned the, the 20 random words exercise, that's one that we have our students do in which they, their goal is just to memorize 20 words as fast as possible. And uh, if you don't know half the words to begin with, that's, that's obviously going to slow you down a lot. So I think it's a great tip if you can find something like that or make your own version in your language, uh, that'll be a lot more of an apples to apples comparison than, than just trying to, to do it in the second language and then compare yourself to everybody else. The times are just not going to be the same. So, so I think that's important. Did I miss anything there on, on that topic? So there are two kind of course. So one of them is a general course when you do not need a special vocabulary, like, like the super learner course. Or there's a specific course, like to be a medical student in a, in a foreign uh, language. I had two Polish uh, groupmates at the university. And uh, they studied uh, Hungarian only for one year uh, prior to the, the university. And it was amazing what they did. But I would say that te medical terminology was completely new for us as well, for the Hungarians as well. So might be in a special courses, the advantage of the native speaker are not as huge as, uh, as, as in a general course. I think that uh, the non-native speaker, they are working more to, to study and that's why at the end they, they learn more. Might be it's, it's difficult for them. At the end, uh, they will be the best. So these these two girls were the best, one of the best uh, in the in the whole uh, year or in the class uh, at the medical university, because they they had to use a little bit different uh, skill set that, uh, that that we are using we have used as a native English not native Hungarian speakers. So I would say that uh, do not worry if you need to learn uh, in your second language a little bit more patience to yourself and uh, and celebrate all your small wins. Yeah, I love that. And that distinction that you made between uh, common and specialized courses, I want to make sure that doesn't go unnoticed, because I think that is a really, a really useful distinction. Uh, and the way I understood it, and maybe, and maybe you could correct me on this if I'm wrong, but when we're talking about specialized courses, we're saying they have a, a special set of vocabulary uh, for that specific topic that's maybe different than what you'd use in, in daily speech. Whereas a common course, it might be sharing new ideas, but it's using pretty basic vocabulary. And I thought that was really interesting that, you know, I hadn't thought about that before, how in a specialized course, as a non-native speaker, you might actually have an advantage. And it might not, you know, there are definitely some disadvantages as well. But essentially, everyone in that course, assuming they haven't had prior exposure to that jargon or that specialized vocabulary, is having to learn a new language in some ways. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, might be the, 
disadvantage uh, in case of specialized course um, for the native English speaker that they think that it's easy for them, or at least easier for them than for um, for someone who does uh, who speaks another language, and uh, and they are easily procrastinate while the the not native speaker spending more time and energy, and at the end they learn it faster or better uh, than the than the native speaker. Right. Right, the non-native speakers are forced to use better study habits. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, because the non-native speaker must must study better because of these extra extra difficulties. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I wonder if that's why I did so bad in engineering school. <laughs> because you were not native English speaker. Yeah, I was a native speaker. <laughs> Uh, practical application there for those listening. If you are taking a course, I do think it's worth spending the time to identify what kind of course it is. I think that can really direct how you're going to approach learning. If it's specialized and there's a totally new set of vocabulary, you, you probably should think of it as if you're learning in a, in a second language. Um, you, you're probably going to need that extra time and you're probably going to need to apply those better study habits. Procrastination is not going to work quite so well as if, if you were in a common course. Am I understanding that right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think the other advantage, if someone is not a native speaker, you know, in the memory techniques, we are using markers. And a non-native English speaker has two languages to create markers. So there are much more possibilities, mm. especially the technical terms. Uh, it's useful to break down a smaller pieces and normal, so many learners are trying to find another word what is similar to pronounce. So there, there is something, uh, so remind um, the learners to, to that special terminology. And I, I, I mix the two languages many, many times. I mean, the Hungarian and the, and the English. So one half of the word, the marker is Hungarian, the other half is in English. I know the markers are visual markers, but uh, but you need to need to tell this object in, in the language. So it's so anyway, you you use the language to, to remember to the marker. So I think this is an other advantage for the for someone who can speak more than one languages. Yeah, I think that's huge. And you, you shared this quote at the beginning of your chapter. I have it written down here. Uh, by Charlemagne to have a second language is to have a second soul and you know that's really beautifully put and I, I think practically like you were just saying and I've I've seen this with a lot of students that I've worked with I work with students from all over the world like you do um, and, and I'm always a little bit jealous because uh, I, I speak a bit of French it used to be better it's not so great anymore um, but students I'm working with who are multilingual uh, like we talked about the associative nature of memory, they have so many more things that so many more connections that they can make because of the different languages that they speak that yeah. I don't have access to, which is really cool. So in a way, like when you start out, when you're learning something new in a second language, you do have that disadvantage where you don't have as many connections to these new words or these new ideas. But as you learn them, all of a sudden, now you have access from multiple directions. You have both languages or all three languages or however yeah. many you're working in. And, and if you know how to use that, if you, you know, if you understand the, the super learner techniques that we talk about on the show and in the book, and 
in the courses, all of a sudden that, that can become a really huge advantage uh, and make make a big difference. So that's a really cool point. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, and I need to remind my students to that because uh, they think that they have to do everything in English. This is not true. They, they should use uh, their other languages. Yeah, yeah, you're giving up you're giving up an entire entire world um, when you give up a language. So uh, don't take that for granted. I've had some of my students that, you know, I've, we'll do, we'll do an exercise together like that 20 random words, or, or maybe we're, we're working through, you know, how to memorize technical information or something like that. And we'll get to a spot where, you know, I don't, I don't honestly really have great connections. I don't have great ideas and like oh that one's an easy one and i'm just thinking what are they coming up with and then they share oh well it, it sounds like this word in this other language and i'm like ah yeah yeah <laughs> ab- absolutely so yeah. and and we need to encourage the students to do this and and the brain we are not mixed the languages so they worry that okay the half of the images is, is in you know, hungarian the other half is, is english and they don't mix it no the brain is 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 very good to to, to remember to this so don't worry. If, if, if a kid is learning several languages in parallel because one parent is French, the other one is German and, and learning in an English school, so they, they do not mix it. Might be at some times, but uh, it's, if, if they do not listen. Right. Yeah, I so, found that to be the case as well. I mean, in my own experience, but, but a lot with the students I've worked with, I really, I, I agree. I don't think that's as much of a concern as, as people think it might be of getting things mixed up between the languages. It really does seem like, you know, the brain is a, a complicated and fascinating, fascinating tool. And it, it seems to do that job pretty well. So. Um, yeah. I, I think the only difference is when, when you learn the speed reading. So mm-hmm. this is, <laughs> as per my experience, this is the only field where you should not mix the, the languages. So practice it on one language at the beginning. And if you are expert, switch to, to your second language. So practice it on your native language. Yeah, I, I have uh, several students who are not nat- native English speaker and all of them are struggling uh, with the speed reading because they tried in English. And as soon as they switch, it's, it's, it's like, like a light in the, in the brain. So yeah. Uh, yeah. there's an exponential increase that makes sense yeah so for our super learners out there who are listening and, and trying to speed read start in your native language and that, that makes a lot of sense um, because speed reading requires your brain to essentially be able to recognize a word as what it represents and and kind of skip to the images and if you don't know what a word means your, your reading speed really is highly limited by your vocabulary and and so doing it in a different language uh, to start out with, I, I can imagine. I haven't done that myself, but I can imagine that would be really challenging. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's challenging. Well, we're coming pretty close on time here, uh, but I do want to make sure that you get a chance to uh, give our listeners one key takeaway from this episode. So, what would that be? Uh, practicing your native language at first and, and celebrate all your small wins. You know, the gaps, it's uh, the human brain is looking for gaps that, okay, I could not do this. I could not do that. Switch it, do another way around and, uh, and, and just check that what you could reach on the previous day, what you could reach on the previous month, 
and uh, and you will see that you are improving even if you think that you are not improving if you have a feeling that you are not improving so i think this is the most important especially if you are studying in in, in a second language that's so good yeah thank you for that i think i think there's probably a lot of learners out there who need to hear that uh, so for those of uh, those in our audience who have not met you already or had the chance to talk to you, read your chapter, uh, where can they find you? Where can they connect to you and hear more from you? Uh, they can find me on the Superhuman Academy Coaches page. And I have a website, what is uh, saboandreachilla.com. So my name uh, without dot, without anything, just in one word. And I think it will be written, so it's quite difficult to spell yeah, we'll it, it, I mean. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah. But the uh, Superhuman Academy uh, website is the best source. All right, great. Well, we'll make sure to drop those links in the show notes. Uh, especially for those like me who have trouble spelling, <laughs> uh, that'll be helpful. Um, and let's see, as usual, I always like to pose a little challenge to our listeners. Uh, we haven't had anybody send anything in yet, which makes sense. Uh, the time we record this episode, we launched this whole podcast like two weeks ago. So I'll give you guys a break for that. But uh, we would love to hear from our listeners. Uh, what are you putting into practice? How is it going for you? Uh, we'd love to either feature you on the website uh, or just get to know you a little bit better and hear how your learning journey is going. So if you do apply anything that you heard in this episode or if, um, it inspired you in any way, please reach out. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. We'd love to hear more about your story. And hey, we might even get you on the show at some point. That'd be pretty cool, right? So please reach out. There'll be a contact link or email address uh, in the show notes. So feel free to drop us a line and we'll get back to you. Well, Andre, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Colin.